Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and we are back with you for another 2021 NFL Draft roundtable discussion as the Pittsburgh Steelers have made their third selection, their third-round pick, and they take Kendrick Green from Illinois. And if you're like me, you said, who? What? (laughs) What position? What now here's the thing. I'm going to be very blunt and honest right now. I was kind of down in the dumps after the last pick. And if you listen to that podcast, you know all about that. I'm not about to pretend that I know who this guy is. And I'm, I'm not that type of guy. I'm going to be honest. There are people on this panel right now that know a lot more about him than I do. I did read NFL.com and the pro football networks like breakdown of him quickly before we went on the air. But I, 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 there's a million people like me that don't know this guy. So I'm, I'm learning as we go. Hopefully we all learn something as well, but the Steelers do finally go to the offensive line, not until the third round, but this guy does have some versatility. We're going to learn about him, but let me first introduce the people that are on the program. We have a new face, not new to YouTube or the podcast platform, but new to this round table kind of let's bring him in first. Maddie Peverell from down under. What's up, Maddie? Hi Jeff. How you doing? It's been a busy two days. We'll just put it that way. It's been a busy two days. Uh, Dave Schofield, what's going on? I'm just happy that you finally brought everyone some eye candy. Um, <laughs> no, well, no, well, Mike, Michael Beck did all right, so, but they had to say that uh, you know if he wasn't going to be here, it had to be it had to be one of the Aussies. Oh, sorry, yeah. Aussies. I have to pronunciate that a little bit better. So yeah. I'm ready to yeah. talk about a center. Finally, it looks like Brian's wearing a polka dot shirt. What's up, Brian? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> not only, not only did I get dissed, dissed by what Matt, by Maddie P. Says, "Hey Jeff, how you doing?" Well, Dave and I are here. Like, hey, let's ignore those guys. And then I candy 
when I'm the I buffet, I'm the I <laughs> pizza hut. Is Nobody... that a polka dot shirt or am I my eyes? Too, like, <laughs> uh, this is driving me nuts. Like, I, I thought he was wearing is... fishnet. I thought it was all Freddie Mercury on us. <laughs> They're diamonds. What are they? Is that a Steeler shirt? No, it's just a, it's a pit shirt. It's blue and gold. Oh, okay. All right. Blue and gold polka dot shirt. All right. Anyways, oh, diamonds. Bring, bring some brevity to the situation. Um, Let's start off with just this pick in general, not necessarily positionally. Let's talk about this specific prospect, Kendrick Green. What do we know about him? Brian, we'll start with you. Well, they say he's a mauler. They say he pulls well. I don't know too much about him. I read a little bit about him before the draft. I kind of like this pick just for the fact that this guy is we talked about this beforehand before we went on the air that he is a center who could play guard. So he's versatile. He's not like someone that, Hey, let's see if he could play center. <laughs> You've never played it before, but let's try it now. So I kind of like it that he's been there. He comes from the, uh, lovey, lo the lovey Smith school of coaching. Well, he didn't coach, but I mean the, uh, he was coached by lovey Smith. <laughs> I'm delirious. I think at this point, <laughs> Let's just put it this way. It's not easy being green, but it's easy being black and gold. And I'm fired up because Daryl McDaniels, not Josh McDaniels, Daryl McDaniels, DMC announced that pick and fired me up. Wow. Yeah, that was good. That was very motivational. Dave, what do you know about Kendrick Green? Well, the first thing that jumped out at me is what they, with the, the, his strengths that they said was athleticism and, and, and things of that nature. I had actually asked this question to our staff probably a couple weeks before the draft. When it came to center, I said, the Steelers love to pull their center. It's something they've been known for. It's something they did with Marquise Pouncey. You would see him pulling and things like that. I'm like, are these, are these centers that we're talking about in this draft, are they really guys that can pull? And we're like, well, I guess they could. They say they're – Apparently, this is the guy. They say he's undersized. He's like 6'2 or 6'3, depends on where you look. Um, let's see, where, what, what did this one have? This was a 6'3. I saw it was 6'1 and 7 eighths. I've seen 300 pounds. I've seen 305 pounds. They say he's undersized. But you know who was also 304 pounds? Marquise Pouncey. You know, so... To me, the more I see it, I really want to go back and, and and dive into the Steelers press conference about this. This makes other things make sense. Because if they felt this type of center was the better center for them because he fit into a certain mold, it, it made no sense to make this pick in round two. So it made sense to go another route in round two and make this pick here. If this is if he fit more what they wanted to do at the center position, because this isn't like the other centers that were out there um, at the, you know, kind of about the same level, in my opinion. And if they liked him that much, even though some places said he could have been a day three guy, kind of like it, is this another Deontay Johnson thing where, hey, you might, other people might not be as high on him, but this is a guy that really fits what we want to do. We better take him here and just so we don't miss out. Now, Maddie, you know a heck of a lot more about these prospects than I do. I mean, you know these no-namers, as I call them, just these <laughs> random players that are probably going to be undrafted free agents. So like, oh, yeah, I watched film on him. Anyways, what do you think about this pick in general and this prospect in general? Yeah, so I like the, I like the pick. We took him on on War Room a few weeks back. For me, 
you know, he had zero sacks last year that he allowed. He had five blown blocks. I think the two of them were on the run. I think three of them were on the pass. Consecutive starts, 33 in college. Only allowed four sacks. Blue, only 20 blocks. So for me, like, the stats look good. Daniel Jeremiah, top 150 prospect list that came out about five days ago. He was 105. Look, for some people, it's exactly what Dave just said there. It's that sort of Deontay Johnson pick. For some people, pick 87 will be high on him. But is he going to be there at like pick 128? Probably not. Everyone's been going, we need that center. If that's where he goes and plays, I'm happy with it, you know, because he might not be there when our next pick is. Well, Matt, I'm going to ask you this next question and I'll throw it to the other guys. Do you think that he is this pick, this green is potentially starter capable, not necessarily week one, but at some point in 2021? Yeah, uh, I think so. I mean, look, look at what we had to do with Dotson. I mean, you know, when you, when we picked him last year, you know, he didn't make that combine. You know, everyone was all up on Robert Hunt and his partner next to him. I I would think off what we've seen on paper and what's probably sitting there on film, Kendrick Green's more ready, more NFL ready than what Dotson was last year. That's that's good. That's impressive, Dave. What do you about you? What do you think about that? Do you think he's starter capable in twenty twenty one? I am yielding to Matty P on this one because he dives in. And, and to these prospects and everything so much more, we have to acknowledge the greatness. He was the one that's saying, oh, no, they should well, – well, didn't you – Matt, you didn't want them to take a center in round two, did you, Matty? No. I didn't yeah. want them to take a I'm, center. I'm making sure I'm not getting confused. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. And, I, and, and I was really high on Freemuth. Yeah, yeah you really, really wanted him in round two. Yeah, because I looked at the depth. I mean, it goes back to what Colbert said as well. It's the depth of tight end versus the depth of the O-line. Now, it was really disappointing to see Myers picked pretty pretty closely after Freemuth. I mean, I put my money where my mouth is on Freemuth and won a bit of money there, so that was cool with a bet. But, yeah, I mean, I just saw the centers start to fall, and there's these guards, and there's guys we've talked about like Trey Hill, you know, potentially coming up, and I wouldn't mind them doubling down there. But, you know, I just think Kendrick Green, yeah, he would have been gone by pick 128, so why not? Brian, same question to you. Do you think that this guy is starter capable in 2021? You know, Maddie took my answer when he uh, said, look at Dotson. Nobody expected Dotson. Everybody expected him to be a project, and we're going to have to you know, wait for him to get in there, just like back in 2005 when you have an undrafted free agent that's going to start week one at running back Willie Parker and you know nothing about him. You know, they coach these guys. If he has a full camp, you know, he gets in there for uh, for a lot of work. You know, he learns the system, depends what kind of learning it is. I expect him to uh, have a hat on game days. I don't expect uh, Dave to be putting him out in the inactive list that he does every week. Yeah. I, I would think that he was brought in because he's starter capable i think that you know something that you said he's got to stay healthy like these young players with this you know we're, whether we're talking about mandatory minicamp rookie minicamp he has got to be available and that's you're a third round pick it's not like you're a the top pick of the team he's got to stay healthy and, and he has a good shot let's go to some super chats here kyle smith gives us five dollars Says PFF said they really like the pick raw, but a freak athlete second rated lineman remaining when the Steelers picked in the third round would love to get Jabril Cox. Now uh, that'll have to wait until day three, barring a trade back. Uh, let's get to another super chat here. If I can find it, there you go. Kevin Johnson again, just given four ninety nine. Thank you very much. He did this last show. He donated money and didn't ask a question. If you ask a question, let me know and I'll gladly get it up there and answer it for you. 
Um, Ken Kenneth McNair again, four ninety nine. Oh, sorry. Oh. Jeez, what are you I brought doing? up the Ken Johnson one that was then he did it later. The wow, guys, other than a little undersized, great pick. All right, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Oh, Ken Sorry. says, check my comment earlier. Come on, Ken, there's a lot of comments. Jeez, <laughs> right, here we go. <laughs> Think about it. Mike Tomlin and Lovey Smith have a great relationship from the Tampa Bay days. Lovey Smith did coach, he coaches Illinois. Obviously, that's where Kendrick Green played. They know all that's about awesome. this guy. That's a great point, Ken. And Ken's been a longtime listener of the program. Goes back to the blog talk radio days. Um, Ken from New Jersey, right, Brian? Ken from Jersey, yeah. There you yeah, go, buddy. yeah. Um, I don't think people really think about the importance of, and especially in current circumstances. And I say that talking about there's no scouting combine. You're only relying on pro days. And then I did watch the um, the standard Steelers YouTube series that they do. And they talked to a lot of scouts from the Steelers and they said how weird it was that the, the scouts couldn't talk to players. Like they weren't allowed to individually talk to specific players. Now he said, now if they were walking from, let's say the 40 yard dash over to the broad jump, they could maybe chat them up a little bit. They couldn't take him out to dinner. They couldn't wine and dine him. All these questions. They couldn't, all, everything was virtual. They're picking the coach's brains. I bet to death. And the fact that there is that Tomlin lovey Smith connection that's something that should be uh, should be noted. We'll put it that way. So good call, Ken, on that. Um, let's hear Odessa. Hall. Dave, get get your phone out. Tell me what this oh, is. It. It's a super sticker. I don't yes, know what it is. I, I can't it. see it's, it on here. It's it's is that a hippo? I can't tell. It's some um, type I of think mammal so. sitting sitting in an office chair, and then it and the, and it collapses on him like I was sitting in a chair, you know, someone <laughs> like me, and it says wrecked. So that's that's what it says. Thank you, Odessa, for the $10 tip and the super sticker. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Jeffrey Benedict's been on a roll the last two days. I'm just trying to get, catch up. So, all right. So here we have it. Um, we talked about this player, and I think it's a, it's a very general statement to say that a lot of us, included myself, are going to have to learn a lot about this player as we go. And so we're not going to be sit here and pretend that we're going to be able to Oh, when he was at Illinois, I know exactly what he did again this game. We're going to have to do some digging on that, and that's where people like Jeffrey Benedict, people like KT Smith are going to help us out in that regard. The film rooms that they've done, if you didn't check out Najee Harris's film room breakdown this morning, was great. Uh, I can't stress enough, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of written the written word. Um, but let's kind of put a, a bow on day two barring anything, which I don't think they're going to trade back in to this round. What do you all think uh, about the Steelers draft as a whole? Let's go with a whole first, and then we'll talk about day two. So we're talking Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, <laughs> Fryermuth, and uh, the last pick here, Green. Um, we'll start with you, Brian. What do you think about the draft as a whole? This was their list of 24. These guys were on it, so they knew what they wanted. We don't know what they want. Mike Tomlin said, look, we live in a vacuum. We are not listening to what the uh, talking – he didn't say the talking heads, but basically said the talking heads make a list, and they put the players out there. And Colbert said the same thing. But they make their own list, and they have that little vacuum, and they know who they want. They This is their job. This is what they go and scout to do. So for me to come on here and say, horrible pick, because I'm not there for in the inner workings of this team. 
So, I mean, a lot of people aren't loving the picks from today, but the more that I think about it, man, I love the idea of like a huge guy, another big target to go with Claypool and Ebron and Pat Fryermuth. I love the fact that they do have a center. They do have protection. And if he is anything like what the Steelers possibly think he is, then it's a good pick. We had the super chat from Kevin Johnston. Then he said, bad, check your email. He lives in Illinois. He knows all about this guy. He said he is just he, he's just a mauler. He's he is a perfect stealer from what he's seen. That doesn't mean that we should go out and endorse him right away, but somebody that's watched him play knows the grittiness of this player. So I'm going to start getting excited about these guys because they are black and gold. They are stealers now. And I'm ready to run with them because this is what we got. And they are scouting. I don't have a scouting department in my living room. I say that every year. I don't pay anybody to report back to me. I just go what I read on the internet, what I hear. But who I trust the most is Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin when they say, these are the guys we scouted. These are the guys on our top 24. And I keep going back to 24, and that's what it is. So they like these guys. And we did not know who Javon Hargrave was in 2016 nobody had a clue who this guy was they liked him they picked him everybody wanted um coach kt smith's draft crush at the time andrew billings everybody wanted andrew billings but they knew to go get uh, javon hargrave so they know what they're doing so i saw somebody in the live chat that said you know i'm tired of the trust the process but hey they've got a pretty good process when drafting and dave put out the uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago, best team in the AFC as far as drafting since 2010 or 2000. I'm not sure when he put that out, but um, when you factor in the NFC teams, they're sixth. So they're a pretty good drafting team. I'm ready to roll with this. I can't wait for tomorrow, but we've got three new minted Steelers and I love it. Dave, I'll ask the same question to you. Let's look at all of the draft picks thus far. What are your thoughts on them? It's crazy that the Steelers taking a player in round three that some people are like, oh, it was a little early on him. Oh, he's uh, that some are sold on, some aren't, actually makes me feel so much better about the entire process. You know, we're, we, it's nervous. It's nervous when you're in the middle of it and you're like, there's got to be an answer. What are they going to do? And I, I mean, I was so flustered and I'm like, what happens if they still don't address the offensive line? Because they do, they haven't done anything on defense. And Jeff, you brought up the whole notion of how long it's been, what, since the Cordell Stewart draft, they've gone three straight guys three on straight offense. Offensive players, yeah. I mean, that, so you're like, is there any guarantee they're going to go offense? Then if they're not going with that, what really is the plan? Do they really feel that their answer's on day three? But now that you see what they did at center and the kind of player, that, that looks like they highly coveted, it makes so much sense that you waited for that pick. And now it makes those other two picks, you know, it's you really can't argue with the, with the Najee Harris one because running back and center, I feel, were the biggest needs of this team coming into it. And now they got it. They got, I mean, this this pick with center makes it just so different because of the style of center he is. Then you add the tight end that I am. I'm one that was saying the Steelers tight end is a big need, but this draft isn't the place for it. Well, 
they got one and they had to get them where they did. So now I'm feeling much better about it because what do you know? Those Pittsburgh Steelers, when it comes to choosing their personnel in the draft, they, they have a decent idea what they're doing. That You know, surprisingly, they actually have a plan in place. What do you know? I just thought they were running mock simulations and just taking whoever they I do want to ask Maddie because Maddie did not get a lot of time to talk uh, yesterday, last night, late last night uh, here on the East Coast uh, about Najee Harris. Uh, felt bad when I listened back to the podcast. Like, man, I didn't even let Maddie talk that much. I was just throwing it around the room as much as I could. So give us your take on the Harris pick and then just wrap up the draft in your opinion. Yeah, so – I think you put it. I think you put a lot of fans at ease at rest, Jeff, in the Let's Ride podcast as well that you put out since since that show. I think with Najee Harris, look, I was sitting there, I was like happy with Creed, what have you. But at the end of the day, the Steelers got the running back that, for most people out there, is the consensus number one running back in the draft. We were the thirty second best running team, you know, by the time the end of the season came last year. We filled that need. Now, as as Dave said, there you've bookended the draft with the third pick with being a center. You look at the tight end we got. We were never going to be in the rooms, you know, for or in space to get, you know, a guy like Kyle Pitts. So we got the next best guy that was really the only guy that was probably worth onwards from a top three, you know, top three rounds worth of being drafted. You look at the next two tight ends taken, Tommy Tremble, Trey McKitty. They were taken after when we got Pat Fryman. So if we were going to address the position and it wasn't going to be a project, he had to be the player to get. And we didn't have to trade up to get him. We got him at 55. And then you look at what we can do with the O-line as well. You look at the guys we've brought on. You get go get Kendrick Green, who, as Dave said there, they've clearly had some sort of coveting. There's, you know, we, we know the college system he's come from. We're filling the needs that we talked about. You know, and, and there's the rest of the team. Like, we look at what are the needs. The running back room, as you, as we've said over the last 24 hours, particularly yourself, you know, Jeff, Dave, and Bad. Najee Harris goes, he's the number one running back in that room now. Freemuth brings something different to Ebron. He allows Ebron to do what he does best. And then you bring in a center there where you've got guys like, I don't think anyone here is a massive fan of, you know, Finney and Hassenhauer, but you've got someone like Kendrick Green there where we don't have to start him on day one. We can let him decide, you know, in terms of his performance, his future, like we're able to do with Dotson last year. I like that from the first first three rounds. There's a really good takes. And I think those are spot on. And Tom, you're going to get this up here. He gives us five bucks. Thank you very much. The difference between the early show, this was after the tight end pick in the second round, and now is night and day. You lose Michael Beck, it improves immediately. I'll say that right now, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Green, I'm, I'm really just joking around. Michael's a great guy. Green is nasty, and we need nasty on the O-line. The one thing I want to make very clear, and I, I said this to start the show, and I'll say it again. I do not know. I'm not an X's and O's guy. Never have been, never will be, but I'll never also claim to be. I'm not a draft Nick. I've studied more of this draft than I ever have. And it was because I was doing the draft breakdowns for the website and just looking at, but guess what? I'm out. I got all the players that I covered are now selected by somebody. (laughs) And so at this point from on it's, Hey, who's this guy? Where did he play? Okay. Type it up. I can type about it. That's basically what my draft. I am not going to pretend to be an NFL general manager. I'm not going to pretend that I know as much. Now, it's fun to look at these players. They, they could have done this, could have done that. Well, you know what? If you're going to be that devout, let me suggest this. If you're going to be that devout and say, hey, 
I know better, then write down everything that you would have done differently in this draft. Write it down. Notebook, a Google document. I don't care. Just don't alter it. And then in four years, go back and say, is it still better? Or is it, wow, boy, the Steelers kind of know what they're talking about. That's all I'm going to ask. Because right now we can all sit there and be like the uh, armchair quarterback and say, they should have done that, should have done this, because I was that guy last podcast. Should have gotten Creed Humphrey. You guys are, this is crazy. But it might work out, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm a fan. They're fans. You are watching. If you're not a fan, I'm not sure why you're watching. But still, (laughs) we're all fans. We're all fans. We're all emotional. We all think we know what's best, but ultimately, sometimes you have to let go and trust the Steelers that they're going to make uh, that they're going to make the best decision for the team. Have they had some swing and misses? Yeah, Jarvis Jones, Artie Burns. But have they had more home runs than swing and misses? Yes. <laughs> By far, yes. All right, so we have about eight minutes left. We're trying to keep this podcast about 30 minutes in length because we just did a 30-plus-minute podcast a few uh, felt like a few minutes ago. Let's look ahead now to day three. We want to look at positional targets, not position- specific players. We'll get there. I want to talk about positions that they should be targeting in rounds four through seven. Now, Maddie, you're the, you're the guy that knows all these inobscure players. Don't go to that route yet. What position should the Steelers be looking to target? Go ahead and say the rounds too, if you want to, like, I think in round four, they should be looking at whatever. What do you think? Yeah. So I've got to have a look at what tackles left on the board, but for me, it's linebacker or edge. I mean, they do obviously in a slot corner too, but I just think with the guys that are left that I know that are left on the board right now, you can get a lot of, a lot of value in the fourth right now at edge and inside linebacker too. So you think edge next. Okay. Dave, what about you? Edge. Yeah, that's, I mean, you just don't have the depth there. And honestly, round four is a great place to get, guys that are depth pieces that you don't need to have as starters. That's just kind of that range of going there in my own mind, being a numbers person, when I try to think of what to expect from certain things, doesn't mean that they can't. I'm just saying in general, that's kind of what you think of. So yeah, I would say edge. If they don't add an inside linebacker, I'm, I understand because to me, that was a go big or go home um, position. I, I think they'll add maybe – I mean, I don't know that they even have to add another lineman. I think I would like them to. But if they don't, it's not that they didn't sign some other guys out there that, you know, they're, they're, they weren't flashy, but they are guys that can give you some depth pieces that they have um, that they now have on the team. So do you think they throw in another wide receiver? That's a possibility. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they'll pick up – a corner at some point, if nothing else, just to have somebody else there on the depth chart that they could even have with low expectations that that could then come in and really do something. So those are my biggest positions. I would say What about you, Brian, what position should be targeted on day three? I'm going to start off with a Dave answer. BPA best player available. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is the point Uh, of the draft that I don't think you do that. Now is when I think you're looking at more specific positions. I just had to throw that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go corner. I, and you know what? I am going to say go for a wide receiver. I want the edge too. I want the inside linebacker. But if I had to say maybe the top two, let's go ILB and corner right now. I think you are actually going to see a defensive tackle uh, like they've done the last few years with Davis and Bugs very late. I still don't think you're going to see a, a quarterback 
at this point. But wide receiver, don't be surprised if they take one because, you know, they're always putting somebody in that fourth or fifth position. And next thing you know, Juju is up for a contract again, James Washington too. They're going to bring probably somebody in at that position. So when you are drafting, like Dave said, when you're drafting uh, rounds four through seven, you're looking towards the future and you're not just looking for this year now. And you've got to look down. You've got to have a crystal ball and see what's going to be happening and uh, maybe start drafting for 2022 as well. So that's probably what I think they're going to do. Uh, um, but, you know, I need to curry some favor with Jeff, and I'm going to say punter. Yay. Yeah. Everyone has their kids in this draft. You know, Joe Horn's kid, Asante Samuel. I saw that uh, T. Martin's son uh, was a receiver from Clemson. Uh, is, is Daniel Sepulveda have a son that's – eligible yet i mean i don't know if his acls are any better but i mean it's it's gotta be better than jordan berry jordan berry's trash so uh for me i think cornerback is up there i would say that cornerback is probably for me it's above edge i i just don't think there's a lot of great edge rushers that are still available i don't know um but give me a good cornerback they need to fill that slot i think there's a lot of those remaining wide receiver i think they're definitely going to take a wide receiver on day three at some point um punter <laughs> if you take a seventh round they have two seventh round picks take one and draft a punter that'd be great uh there you can't duplicate colin holba so i'm not going to suggest a long snapper i mean that's a once in a lifetime pick um i just wish he was still here in pittsburgh but uh nonetheless let's uh let's wrap this thing up let's do final thoughts on day two final thoughts on day two what you're looking forward to what went well what went wrong and uh, we'll call it a show. We'll be well. You guys will be back. I'll be back tomorrow at the end of the draft. I'm not doing the individual round podcast tomorrow. So let's start with Brian Anthony Davis. Go ahead. Final thoughts. First and foremost, my draft crush is in Cleveland. Anthony Schwartz. The Schwartz is with them, not with the Steelers. I am on a ledge, but I could be talked off of it. But when I'm talking about this draft so far, uh, you know, it's meeting my expectations because I can't think of a lot of Steeler drafts where I'm sitting there and saying, yeah, they've taken everybody that I thought. If you look at every year when I do my mock draft and then on the second day, I revise it. And on the third day, I revise it. It's completely different because I'm wrong about everything. And I really thought I was going to get Creed Humphrey right today. I wasn't. But here's the thing. They have their list. They know more than what I know. And I'm just here to speculate. And that's what every Everybody else that you hear on the radio that you read, they're speculating because they are not in that draft room. So that's what we're looking at here. So enjoy this draft because I think it's a Pittsburgh Steeler draft and it's no different than what it normally is. There's always surprises, but it's usually solid. At the end of the day, they're going to go ahead and put a C grade on it because that's what the pundits do every single year. And teams like the Detroit Lions are going to get an A. And Cincinnati is going to get an A. Then you're going to look at the standings and they are playing a fourth place schedule next year. So look at it for what you have. Look at the Kevin Colbert era. He's now, I would say right now, 18 and three. You put Najee in there, 19 and three with the first round draft picks. But the rest of the rounds too, Pretty solid stuff. So have fun with it. Dave Schofield, final thoughts. Well, it just goes to show that 
you've got to wait and figure it out. I mean, I was really fired up. Creed Humphrey was my guy so much so that I was okay if the Steelers even took him in the first because they liked him so much. But they didn't. They actually had someone that, I'm going to blow your mind, they probably liked even better. Because if they didn't, they might have they would have pulled the trigger in round two. But that's not how it worked out. So when you look at it more as a whole, especially as the whole day, day one and day two together, really gives you a good picture of what's going on. And it just seems to make so much sense now. I'm not saying every pick's going to work out great. I'm not saying that, oh, they they completely blew this out of the park because I, you know, you're never going to know that till they get on the field, you know, but that's also a cop-out answer. I like that they've addressed the positions that they've addressed, especially now that we can see that they had a specific type of center in mind. Maddie P go ahead. Final thoughts. I'm happy. I'm happy. We've got the, as said before, we've got the best consensus running back in this draft. We fixed tight end. We haven't had to go spend a lot of money on some of the guys that are out there in free agency equally. These are guys that can work through this year with Big Ben. If there's no Big Ben next year, these are guys that are going to have a bit more experience. They're going to be able to help out a guy like Mason Rudolph or help out whoever that is, if it's Dwayne Haskins or the rest. So for me, we got better. We got playmakers that wouldn't be there later on. I'm excited to see what we do in what we do on day three. My final thoughts have nothing to do with this draft. I want everyone to think back to 2020. Steelers didn't have a first round pick. I remember, and I know Mika Fitzpatrick, everyone likes to say, well, Mika was our first round. No, he wasn't. He was drafted by Miami. Okay, so yes, they traded for him, but they gave up the first round pick. Remember how boring that was? Yes, we did the really fun live stream, and we had all these people on, and we watched the first round together. I'd much rather argue about Najee Harris or any other number of players because it's great. This is what's great about the NFL draft because right now it's pure speculation. We haven't seen these players play a snap. So let's just take it, you know, take a step back. Let's see how tomorrow plays out. And then we'll just completely figure it out together because think back to last year again. Carlos Davis, Jeffrey Benedict said it last night. He had the title of his headline, Carlos Davis stinks at football. And he (laughs) makes the team and he contributes. You know what I mean? That's a seventh round pick from Nebraska. His brother, his twin brother was drafted higher than him. And actually so, had good film from the NFL in his yeah, rookie season. Exactly. So we often want to just like take anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.